hello, welcome to Bladespot. It's Tuesday, the 13th of December. My name's Ben. On the line is Andrew. How are you doing today, mate? Staying relatively warm? It's freezing, but I'm all right. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all good myself, thank you. Well, it was almost... It was almost the perfect footballing day, wasn't it? But uh, not to be. We'll, we'll talk about the second, um, the second part of that later in this podcast because yep. uh, we'll talk about the blades first. Um, and I don't want to sound like a, an ungrateful, entitled fan here because I'm very pleased that we won that game mm. and we absolutely deserve to win that game. But it was a pretty boring game, wasn't it? And I don't know how long we're going to be able to discuss it on this podcast. Yeah. What did you There's think? There's been some bad games, bad games this season. I think that, even though we won, that might be the worst actual game. It's not the worst we've played, I don't think, but it was mm. the worst actual game. Yeah, I mean, we were uh, we have been a bit spoiled. Like, if you include that Burnley yeah. game, I think like the, the 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 three or four home games up to and including Burnley. Yeah, and it was like five two, two all, three all. There might have been a four nil yeah. or something. Incredible entertainment. The last yeah. three United games, uh, either side of this World Cup break, have not been great entertainment. And yeah, this uh, you know flat atmosphere, kind of flat performance. I mean, still looking at the stats now, we still had sixteen shots. You know, ten corners, two thirds of possession. Yeah, you know, comfortably ahead on on XG on big chances created and stuff. Fodringham had almost literally nothing to do in the entire game. I we think undoubtedly that... deserve to win. Undoubtedly deserve to win, but. Even that that might come down. I seem to slag every team off every week, but we seem to get a new low every every time we play someone. I do think Huddersfield probably are the worst team we've played. Yeah, I mean they are the worst team in the league, aren't they? I know we, yeah. we sort of said they'd picked up a little bit. They what they've done? They'd won at uh, the beat QPR or something, aren't they? But mm. uh, time will tell how how good a result that is. To be honest, I mean, yeah. I, I, suppose, I suppose for them, any any positive result is a positive mm. result. But yeah, I. Um, I didn't think they were going to be good, and they, uh, whatever the opposition uh, opposite of surpassing my expectations, <laughs> is they uh, they achieved. They were really really poor. Like their own fans kind of acknowledged this, didn't they? Just seed possession, ten men behind the ball at all times, no attacking plan. I didn't think. How, what, any idea what their the plan was thing, to score a goal? The weirdest thing I felt is that in the second half they made a sub about 20 minutes to go and the the player just sort of jogged off as if yeah we're happy with this you know as if it were nil nil and I'm thinking what are you doing you know they were, I mean I don't know if you've heard their manager after Wes Fodringham talking about uh, he said oh we pinned United in for the the final 20 and you know they couldn't get out and that was because we of our great play it's like what are you talking about <laughs> no, that, oh, that would be major red flag if I was a Huddersfield fan yeah. hearing that like I would prefer, as a United fan, to read that as like we knew they weren't scoring. I know they, you know, they maybe had a few hairy moments right at the end, but they had four shots in the entire game, and only one of them was inside the penalty area. Yeah, we we were never in danger. I mean, they, you know, they had that one where like a defender went for it with an outstretched leg, and all right, maybe if he gets a touch on it, it ends up being mm. a a good shot or even a goal. But you didn't, and that was just from a kind of a nothing free kick. I mean, there was a moment late on where I. I like bent double in the standing frustration at how bad they were and the fact we were we hadn't finished the game. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it was the fellow you mentioned. Actually, I can't remember his name now. It was, it was the bloke who came on when it. Um, yeah, yeah. Was it, yeah. Uh, was it Diara? Brahima Diara? I can't remember. Like, it's such a weird game. This it, it almost felt like sometimes you had too many drinks before a match and you can't really remember. It's a bit hazy. But I didn't have a drink before the match, but just nothing happened. So it was just sort of a. 
it was just a nothing match where I mean I I can't we were poor in this game there's no getting away from that but we did enough in my opinion in the first half to win it we probably should have been a couple of goals up at half time mm. and you did get the feeling I mean I felt and I'm not the most positive fan I felt we'll get a second goal soon and we'll just ride it out and that second goal never came but never once did I feel ooh you know, we're, we're under the cosh here at all. And I, I never feel that with Sheffield United when they're 1-0 up. I guess the only anxiety is that it was only 1-0 like going into the last few minutes. You sort of think, like, oh, that. God, how annoying will it be if they actually do equalise it? And it wasn't like we battered him. And I can see they've lost a lot of games by the odd goal. They don't often get battered. But that seems to be because when they go 1-0 down, they don't bother trying to go for an equaliser. Yeah. Yeah, the, the moment that made me double up was, uh, double over rather, was... Yeah, the substitute substitute got it on the left wing and just sent in one of the most pathetic crosses I've ever seen. It like went straight up in the air. I mean, mm. I, I, not to dob you in, but I think you actually missed the full time whistle, didn't you? I've seen um, the highlights uh, of the. What you're on, I left just as injury time went on. So I need to get a burger before 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 the match, <laughs> and uh, and there were nothing happening. It was freezing cold, to be honest. And it's a bit. I never normally leave early, but obviously we'll get on to. The England match and stuff, we need to get into a, a pub by a certain time. And um, and, and I've seen it back, though, the, the throw-in at the end. Where... <laughs> like, is this going to be a long throw? Is he... <laughs> He's so embarrassing. Like, he sort of you like, lines up, you think, right, here we go, big throw coming in, and, it, and he, he sort of just throws it high. He barely reaches the area. And and then the, I love how the ref blows as if, oh, for, do you know what? I, I've had enough. <laughs> Let's all go somewhere warm and get ready for the England match. Basically, um, yeah, I'll get, I'm going to stop talking about Huddersfield in a second because we, uh, yeah. yeah, we do have to play them again, and maybe they'll be slightly better then. But and yeah, look, they were fantastic last season, finished third. Um, I can only judge them on this game, and I, I think, I think United were poor. I think it was a rust day. I did feel like we had another three or four gears to go there after man. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you enjoy? Uh, Sober Thomas's Johnny Wilkinson act with all their free kicks. Oh, like, I mean, he, he was diving around all over the shop anyway, weren't I? Yeah, I, I think I think Kasumu was the worst one. Um, yeah, he went off at half time, but yeah. yeah, Sober Thomas like lining up a free kick and you know he takes. I, I don't know. It was like Ronaldo's run up. You know, loads of very careful steps mm. back and then just kind of just kicks it straight up in the air for Fodringham to come out and catch yeah, every time. Yeah, terrible. Three times he put crosses in like that and Fodringham made an easy catch. And as you said, he were, the way he were lining up for it, and it's like, all right, mate, you've been to the World Cup with Wales. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> our, our backup goalkeeper's been to the World Cup with yeah. Wales. Settle down. Right, uh, let's, let's not talk about just those last, anymore. Last thing, Rodderfield, I don't know if you noticed their fans, that it was in the first half, I think, it were, I think they were losing at this point. And one of the players got the ball at the halfway line, and they, they could have ran at us, and they went back, and you, the Huddersfield fans were as quiet as us. And um, they went back, and you could hear the other sort of, wait, where are you going? Like just a, <laughs> an outburst of sort of, yeah, irate Huddersfield town fans. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that, actually. And, and there was a bizarre uh, pitch invader as well. Um, oh, yeah. Any idea what that were about? I don't know, but... Um... Yeah. Someone said he weren't just stop oil, he was stop, just stop Ollie, my burner. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> so terrible. So he, terrible. Uh, for anyone who somehow didn't see it, he, uh, he knelt down on the centre spot and uh, did, a little, did a little prayer by the looks of him. The, the, uh, yeah. the, stewards, the stewards let him finish. You know, <laughs> they like, do you not notice that? They had like a little yeah. negotiation like, before dragging him off. Like, I, oh, I suppose from their view, he could have had a knife or something, couldn't he? He could have had anything on him, so you've got to be a bit careful, but... That's yeah, usually why you like get that. them out of there immediately. Yeah, true, yeah. 
Yeah, that is true. That's a job. But <laughs> yeah, but that I, that was actually one of the more interesting things that happened in the entire game. Um, but yeah. let's we'll talk about United now. So um, yeah, Kieran Clark starts, which is good. Uh, McTee starts ahead of uh, our blaster. This is going back to our last game. So slightly. I don't know, I was slightly disappointed in the team selection. Not in terms of, like, he got it wrong. Heck, no. uh, I was hoping to see more of our returning players, I guess. But Armand Altic is there, um, and I thought he looked, you know, kind of himself, I think, you know, for yeah, the first game he, coming off illness. Yeah. Uh, and Jai started as well, which is, was great. I think after... Um, so we recorded... I think last Wednesday, didn't we? And then yeah. there was the press conference on Thursday and Heckingbottom said that and Jai had been like basically trying to get back into training on Tuesday after only arriving back in the country on Monday night and we sort of sent him packing for a couple of days to rest. But um, yeah, for anyone who thought that uh, he's going to go all Billy Big Time on us after getting his, his taste of the um, the world spotlight, mm-hmm. think again. This, this guy's a, a proper pro and... Yeah, it's it's him that wins us the game basically. Oh, like Ishmael Saw, by the way, who didn't turn up for Watford, absent without leave is what mm. I've seen <laughs> being described as. Uh, obviously, we were at Senegal as well. Seen a couple of Watford fans sticking up for Saw, saying he did play more games than Endai because they're obviously making comparison. Why did Endai start and Saw weren't even on the bench? But mm. I don't know. You know what I mean? All right, he's played four games, but they, they got knocked out on Sunday. They didn't play till the Sunday after. I don't know. Yeah, they. Uh... Uh, it's Billish and it is the manager mm. at, this, at this current time of recording. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he sort of said we don't really know where he is, aren't he? Or like, yeah. you know, we're hoping he'll be back this week, rather than we've just decided to give him a rest or he, he says he's injured or something. So, so yeah, I mean, is... well, you, you play, you should play for you. I'm not saying Indy deserves credit for coming back, obviously, because you know he's employed by us. But it does go to show that there are players out there who who don't seemingly don't want to play for the club. It, it, or certainly not to the extent that Indy did on, on Saturday. Mm. Uh, the bench was lovely, I've got to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berger's back on there, McBurney, uh, that's that's the level of his fitness coming off his hernia mm. and ankle problem. And then Max Lowe and Jaden Bogle and uh, Kadra's on there as well with Basham yeah. and Adam Davis. Strongest bench we've had for a very long time. Yeah. And um, obviously it was good to see Berger get off the bench. I would have liked to have seen a bit of Lowe and Bogle, but... You know, this this game was in hand, I guess, and it is a nine day yeah. break until that weekend game as well. Yeah. Um so yeah, a game of very little incident to be honest, but uh in games like this we do have that kind of cutting edge and bit of extra quality, I suppose, and that is where Njai and Sharp comes to the fore for the yeah. goal. Just an incredible bit of individual play by Njai. I mean I I love he's so good that he basically led the two Huddersfield players into fouling each other while he just <laughs> ran away from them. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, inch perfect through ball. And Sharp just casually chips it into the net, which we, you know, we shouldn't be surprised about. This is Billy Sharp. He's, um, you know, one of the, the greatest goal scorers at this level uh, in history. But um, that is his first goal of the season. So I was kind of surprised by how casually he took it, if you well, like. I thought I thought well, yeah. Yeah, left foot just lofts it straight over the goalkeeper and into the back of the net. Um, he scored two midweek. I don't know if you heard Eckingbottom after. We played Rotherham in two friendly. Might not be midweek, whenever it was. And, and Eckingbottom said he wasn't surprised about Sharp getting his first goal because he bagged a couple against Rotherham in, in one of the friendly games. Mm. Yeah, they're like behind cl- ugh, closed doors mm. training friendlies or something, weren't they? Um, as in, they weren't like proper games, were they? I don't think. No. But, um, no. Yeah, that's that's big. I I, um, I mentioned this the other day, but I'm, I've got something coming to the pinch next week, and it's one of the things in it is that Sharp, 
has declined quite a lot this season in terms of his his, his stats, not just his goal scoring, but actually, uh, you know, getting on the end of chances and uh, creating chances for his teammates as well. He has declined quite a lot from last season, yeah, which is slightly concerning. So when you see him stick away, uh, you know, a single goal, uh, the, the the winning goal in a tight game like this, mm. that. You know, bodes well for him potentially turn it round in the second half of the season. We're going to need yeah. somebody to chip in with goals. We, you know, it's it's a nice problem to have having Enjai McBurney in such great form. But I think we will need like five or six goals from our other forwards as well. Yeah, of course. And I think obviously with Brewster seemingly going to be out for a long, long while, mm. we are really relying on McBurney and Sharp. And I think Jefferson's back in training, um, mm. but he's not, he's not scored a goal for us since the Premier League so we can't you know it's it'd be tough to rely on him as well so uh, yeah we do need him to step up a bit more and he got like I said one chance one goal but it were almost a classic Billy Sharp performance of 10 years ago or whatever where he didn't really do much all game but he got his chance and he scored yeah that's I mean that is the thing isn't it He, he, he sort of wasn't involved at all I thought other than the goal but so obviously that's great that he scores but yeah we we probably need him to be a bit more involved, I think, if yeah. if McBurney's, you know, gonna have to be on the sideline for a little bit. But he does come off the bench, McBurney and Yeah, he, yeah. He looks pretty much normal levels of fitness, I thought, mm. which is uh good. He's set I can't remember who it was now. I think it might have been Kadri set up late on or someone who flipped one over the bar anyway. I thought Kadri was good when he came on. I think mm. that was his best cameo probably since Sunderland uh, at home. I think he really gave us that it were a really dull nothing, low key you know, languid almost game, and I think Kadra come on and he did give us a bit of spark. I thought, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good game to bring him on into. To be honest, mm. you know, one nil up, they were, they were starting to push a few more men forward, weren't they? And yeah, know, I mean, I was going to say they're having a few set pieces. They only had one corner in the entire game, so it wouldn't be wow, did they? Oh, God. Oh, unless I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, unless I'm misreading this, yeah. Uh, and like I said, never felt in danger. I wasn't normally at one nil. You are thinking, oh, here we go. Mm. But they were only like one bit where they shot when it just went wide in the second half where I thought, oof, I thought that were in. That were it. Oh, yeah. Like a complete yeah. snapshot, when it? it? would have yeah. been a phenomenal finish if he'd managed yeah. to put it in. Yeah, just the one corner. Um, but yeah, like you, I, I thought Kadra did really well. I just, you know, get the ball, run at him. He had one... Um, I mean, it ended up... I don't know if it's like a deflection, but it was it was pretty comfortably saved in him. But like cutting him from the left, I was... Yeah. Was like, that was great. That's exactly what I want in this game where we've... You know, been fairly pedestrian for about seventy minutes of it now. Um, yeah, please, please come on. Shout out! In the first, I thought McAtee in the first half did really well at running at him. At least he, he tried every time he got the ball to run forward. He he faded in the second half, and obviously we're eventually taken off. But I thought he had a really, really good first half, McAtee. Yeah, me too. I, th- I think yeah, certainly in that first half, I thought he was our best player. To be honest, I mean, mm-hmm. and Jai had a couple of other great runs as well. But yeah, because yeah. he obviously was playing on the right of midfield, McAtee. Yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I wanted after that first half, I was like, "Wow, keep him there!" You know, for this half yeah. anyway. The second half, I, I really, yeah, I thought he was a real danger, like just getting away from defenders and yeah. running to the edge of the box. I think he had one shot that was like just sort of headed away in front of the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah. that was a good shot. The keeper worried about that. He, 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 he died for it, didn't he? So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's you know, that hopefully again is building on uh, his good sort of um, second half off the bench at Cardiff. And yeah, becoming a more important player for us. Um, 
not wasn't totally encouraged to see Osborne in midfield and uh... I've seen a lot of people I saw Dead Bat did his report and he gave him I think a 5 out of 10 which is probably what I'd have given him personally mm. but I, I have seen a lot of people argue Dead Bat saying oh, Osborne were our best player which I didn't see it's gamer opinions I didn't see that I felt he did a lot of running around as he does which I can't fault his effort but I thought on the ball he was really quite poor to be honest I thought he slowed us down a few times and yeah I mean he, he does a job you know he's there to to he's the, I've always said he's the first reserve which yeah. is a sounds like a backhander compliment and I don't think he was terrible but I yeah I think once Doyle's back or even if Berger's back or whatever yeah you want to see someone else in there I think yeah uh, Tommy Doyle is uh, <sighs> where's, where's he gone I don't know because this team come out and I look at the bench forget it what a bench that is and then I sent it I don't know if it was you or someone else and they put, put where's Doyle and I'm like oh god yeah where's he uh, but yeah I think uh, I, I think Eckenbottom said he's back on the grass which could mean anything couldn't it I mean this well, is a guy who it was a what four week, five weeks ago was in contention to play at Bristol City but he just missed out and he's not played since yeah, which was a uh, a precautionary thing, wasn't it? I'm just looking at yeah. the latest things on the star, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think he says, like, he's, he, he's due to be back. Him and Jefferson are due to be back. I think Jack Robson's not far behind. Yeah. Uh, Bottom's words may be interpreted as an indication of Doyle may be in contention to feature against Wigan. Bottom's words not worth <laughs> paper they're written on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, indeed. Um... What was I going to say? I thought Stevens was pretty good going forward. Um, I thought Stevens had a decent first half, and mm. then I thought he was shocking in the second half. That's why I, I thought anyway. I didn't really notice him second half, so you, you, you're probably spot on. I, I can't I, really say I, I noticed anyone in second half. I was, it was a really... I don't know. I, I, I wasn't... At this point, I wasn't totally thinking like, "Come on, England!" You know, let's let's just let's just get out. This of here I want to ask you about this. I mean, obviously, I did meet you after, but it was very much England uh, zone when I, when I was obviously watching the game. Mm. I found it quite jarring what, going from watching this massive spectacle with games that are literally do or die in the World Cup. You know, you lose, you're out. You don't get another chance for four years. To go into the bread and butter of the league, I felt it were really low key to me, simply because it didn't have the the jeopardy that I've been watching mm. the last three weeks. And, look, it would have been a huge disappointment if United have lost this game. But there is always that, well, you can bounce back next week. And United will always be more important to me. And these three points in the long run is more important to me than England winning that quarter-final. And in two weeks, I'll probably forgotten about the World Cup because that's just what happens. But on the day, I have to admit, the England game did feel more significant than us playing a game against bottom of the table. Mm. Uh, a drab game against bottom of the table where they were... There were no shots at all, I don't think, second half. Maybe one from Endai. Yeah, barely any was there. Um, and it, it was that case of, right, this game's really boring. We're probably going to win it. It's not a vintage performance, but, you, you know, these are rubbish. It's a bad game. Let's just get out and watch this quarterfinal that everyone's hyping up, basically. <laughs> That's what it felt to me, and I'm, I'm a massive, you know, club over country every single time. I'm a, a big England fan. It did hurt me when we lost it in this quarterfinal. And, it, like I said, this three points... In two weeks' time, I'll I'll forget about England, and it won't be a disappointment at all. It's just another another one for the catalogue. Mm. <laughs> but at the time, it did almost seem like a real come down. I felt from the World Cup because just purely because of the jeopardy of of the World Cup and these huge games that we'd seen, like the day before Croatia knocking Brazil out and yeah, everyone crying and all this sort of stuff. Then you're looking at your phone, Morocco will be in well, maybe the first African side in the semi final, and then you're watching United fairly comfortably. Win one nil against a really poor side who 
possibly going to be in League One next season. <laughs> it was weird. Like this, uh, the the lads who sit in front of me uh, were like on. They were just checking like the scores. I, I think they do anyway. But they were you know glued to the score and the like updates of the Morocco Portugal. Yeah. Game. Which is fine, you know, you do whatever you want when you're yeah. a football match as long as it doesn't directly annoy me or anyone else. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and so, yeah, I was like, oh, actually, that is kind of, you know, that, that is something worth paying attention to, isn't it, to be honest? You know, Morocco yeah. beating Portugal, that's, that is amazing. And so, so I can like, understand people being a bit distracted, I suppose. I'm not excusing a poor atmosphere here. Um, yeah, I mean, the atmosphere was poor from both sides. And I think there's a lot of reasons behind that. I think that I think a lot of people probably did, didn't go out before to have a drink because they were going out after, mm. <laughs> which uh, obviously a few drinks gets the atmosphere going. I think the freezing con- conditions, the appalling match and the England thing all came together to make possibly the most almost eerie atmosphere. It felt like a bit like a League Cup game. A little bit. I think it was all right on the cop for a bit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, was, yeah. It felt like quite a few people around me were trying to... Uh, get songs going and stuff apparently Huddersfield fans I mean I didn't hear this um, but apparently Huddersfield fans were singing it's coming home yeah I, I did hear that yeah <laughs> I, I had a smirk at that to be honest Although, <laughs> uh, you know because their own team is doing so badly um, <laughs> did, did, did I make this up did you bet on John Egan to score in this game I bet I had 50p free bet and I thought why not go for Mr 50p at himself <laughs> uh, to score and uh, he let me down as he normally does with his yeah I mean look it would have been a great header to, to score it but he's I was going to say target. How, how did you feel when you saw him rise to meet that header at the back post I, I genuinely just shook my head sort of just what you know what, what's this man doing really it's like <laughs> You know, now, like I said, it would have been a fantastic header to to score that, but it's so far wide and it's so like, you know, it's such a, a poor attempt at scoring that, I mean, I think you said Anel is almost certainly going to have more goals at the end of this season than Egan's going to have for his in his entire career I at Sheffield United. With United, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, put, I'd put money on it. He only needs he's only one behind at the moment, and uh, I mean, Egan's unlikely to score. More than one, I would say, this season, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything else I want to say about this? Uh, I feel like I had it. Oh yeah, Norwood. Mm. Many a ping was uh, on display in this off. game. Mm, him yeah. to Baldock particularly. Uh, you know, just just have that time and time again. And to be fair to Baldock, um, well, not that I was intending to be unfair to Baldock, but <laughs> credit to Baldock. I thought his first touch was fantastic. Like. Couple of them like just completely killing it instantly, and others where he sort of, uh, you know, chested it down on the run and gets into the penalty area with it. So, yeah, that was that was that, and then Jai's dribbling was like the consistently good bits of play from United in this game, uh, mm. and there wasn't too much, I suppose. But defensively, we we're very solid. It was good to see, you know, Berger make his first appearance since. QPR, I believe, was when he got injured. When he yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, you know, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, when he dived for a penalty and injured his ankle. And last time we saw Bogle, that as well. Obviously, they both obviously got ruled out for that game. And it's good to see Bogle come back on the bench first, rather than having to be thrown straight into the first team at left back, uh, left wing back, should I say, as he was uh, against QPR. Yeah, Max Lowe. That would be his first appearance in, since Holloway, which was yeah. Yeah. I believe our first away win of the season was that like the fifth game? No, I must have been. That's right, yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Was that really the fifth game of the season? Or That's the, yeah, our first away game, away win, definitely. Because I think we. Yeah, we drew. I'm trying to think. Yeah, we drew, drew with Luton away. Yeah, drew with Luton, drew with Borough, and then beat them. 
So it might be six. It might be six games of the season, actually. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Yeah, one out of seventh is just... Seven. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Um, long time. <laughs> it was a long time, yeah. It was the start of September. It was three three and a bit months ago, yeah. So, great to see him back. Uh, and I, it, to be honest, a very comfortable, dull win for United. Uh, and when you're going for promotion... Well, when you're going for promotion or, or survival, for that matter, uh, it, it kind of doesn't matter at the end of the day how these wins come about as long as they do. I'm, and- not, I'm not too worried about the performance with this one, to be honest, because I think yeah. you're coming back after a, a huge break... No one really knew how everyone were going to turn up. You know, the, it, United, obviously, we, we know struggle after international breaks anyway. And with all the everything else that had gone on in it, we're an eerie atmosphere and stuff. I said to you, I think I said it on, on this pod, that I just get the three points. I don't care how we get them. And, and that's what we did. And it were, you know, we, that's five wins out of six, I think now. And only the Rotherham game, which is the, the blip. And to be honest, the performance wasn't much better. Yesterday, it's Saturday, then against Rotherham. Yeah. But I did say against the Rotherham, you know, in games you're not playing well, just get the three points, and that's what we did. Yeah, just just get the first goal and win the game. Basically, it might be six yeah. wins in seven. You know, six um, wins in seven, is it? One, two, three, four, five, six. No, five wins in six. Excuse me, you're right. And like, you know, Rotherham, that's their only win. I'm pretty sure in the last ten. <laughs> Yeah, well, do you know why? Because they're not very good. No. I don't know how we lost to them, apart from... Well, I think we played no. terribly. But um, no. as I said at the time, that result is going to look much worse at the end of the yeah. season than it did. We just need to beat time. them away. We need to beat them away, and you sort of undo, to a degree at least, anyway, you know, what the, the damage. Uh, and we have another struggling team up next in Wigan, who uh, got a point at Millwall, which is mm. pretty good. Millwall are... Well, I feel like Millwall are always seventh or eighth, aren't they? They, yeah. they never actually make the playoffs, but they are They're always, always in the contention. Like about four games to go, you say, "Oh, Millwall are an outside bet for the playoffs," <laughs> and then they never do it. <laughs> exactly, and that that is the position. And so, to be fair to Wigan, that is a, a credible point, and they also have Colo Torre as, as manager yeah. as well, which is interesting. I mean, which is bizarre because they they were linked with the uh, the other Torre whose first name escapes me. Yaya Torre. Really. Yeah, and they didn't, and they, and then they got Colo Torres. So it was almost like they just had a list of Torres. Like I think Adama would have been next. Like because <laughs> he'd be like close to Torres, so Triore. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm just going to show my own uh, lack of knowledge here. Does Colo Torre have any managerial like coaching experience? I'm just looking now. Oh, he's been with the, uh, okay. He was on uh, Celtic's coaching staff. Oh, and he's been at Leicester. As first oh. team coach with Brendan Rodgers, so he's, he's been a yeah a, a, a pal of Brendan Rodgers since he was at Celtic. The more you know, I had no idea that he was even at Leicester to be honest. So no, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I wondered if they just uh, appointed him to you know try and revive that old Colo Torre song, which I'm sure yeah. we're good fans of me. Breaking old year in that, won't we? I mean, uh... well, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the the World Championship darts are coming up in a couple of days, I think, and that's it. <laughs> Somehow, still a staple of that, even though it's got <laughs> nothing to yeah. do with darts whatsoever. Uh, always brings a smile to my face. But yes, uh, another you know another relegation threatened team up next. I would hope that uh, when we start that game, people like Lowe and Bogle and McBurney and Berger are fit enough where we could start them if we wanted to and yep. I would hope at least two of those start this next Well, I game. think Ekinbottom in the, in the pre-match said something along the line. I, I think he almost saw this as, let's just get through this one and then we get another nine days mm-hmm. and that is when you can really expect, I think, to unleash the big guns, if you like. And I think I think that's how we saw it. I thought we, we probably felt, rightly so, that we had enough to beat Huddersfield by playing 
you know, just sticking with Sharp up from sticking with Osborne in midfield. But I imagine long term we'll be hoping to phase them out um, and bring in likes of Bernie Doyle, Berger, you know, low, maybe even Bogle. Yes, please. Right. Uh, any any final thoughts on that, or should we have some? Uh, I don't know. Fairly uninformed chat about England before we finish off. <laughs> No, I think that's it. Like I say, just get three points, get out of there. Eerie game, really weird, weird atmosphere. Um, and like I say, and now England are out, we can put every, you know, all our concentration into United's promotion push. Indeed, yes. Well, let's. Uh, we're, we're, if, if you really don't care about England or our thoughts on the World Cup, then feel free to depart now, dear listener. Yeah. I, I will not take offence at that. But we, we're just going to chat about it a little bit because I haven't really. Uh, talk to you about it much apart no, from no. I mean we watched it uh, we obviously watched it together in the uh, in the Cavendish which was a do you know I've not been in there for like 15 years and it's uh, I, I wouldn't the last time I went in I would not have had it down as like a, a good place to watch a big game of football but it actually was it was a good well it was well yeah really really good yeah and I thought it might have turned a little bit toxic but it didn't <laughs> no it's alright and I obviously uh, I, I skedaddled as soon as uh, full time went because well, you were going out to a gig, and I was knackered. Yeah, because... we'll be straight to see the Beatles project. Adam Follett, if you're listening, I meant to message him actually. Fantastic performance once again. What a guy! Love yeah. it. Um, yeah, I was not in the group of people who didn't go for a drink before the game. So, uh, you know, by that point, I was kind of just ready to go home and go to bed. To be honest, uh, yeah. what's a full time was someone in the game? But uh, let me just start with this because you you just sort of posited this before we start recording, and uh, yeah, I'm curious. Um, how bothered are you now about are you going to watch the game tonight what is it uh, Croatia Argentina is it yeah Croatia I will watch the game tonight uh, I did it hurt me more than I thought actually I expected us to go out but mm. we seem to always go out in the most heartbreaking ways and, it, and like I say I'm, I, it does affect me England it's not the same as United but it does affect me when they lose especially I went through about 15 years where I didn't really care which I think mm. a lot of people are like that you know post golden generation pre Southgate where they were just an unlikable team and a mm. team that you knew were never realistically going to do anything. And the best thing I can say of Southgate is he's got me caring again because it, it did hurt. Um, and I think the, the the frustration for me comes, and I've sort of gone over it in my own head, is that in the last three tournaments, we've, we've seemed to be in command in all those three games that we've gone out in and been the better team, but lost them all. And yeah. I think that's the most disappointing thing for me that... It's easy. When we got hammered 4-1 by Germany in 2010, you're like, well, yeah, rubbish. You know, Germany miles better. And I think the, the most frustrating thing is how close we are. Yeah, I am I think I was less down, and I'm less down about this, because uh, what you said there about you know being in control but not winning the game, like I agree with that, but I think this one feels different to the previous two in that yeah. we didn't lose control of the game. No, we just, no. We just lost the game. Like, and so that was frustrating against, like, you know, Italy in the Euros final, for example, yeah. that's when Southgate's in-game management or, you know, the player's fortitude or ability, I suppose, comes yeah. to uh, under some justified criticism. Mm. It's like, hang on, we, we were on the top there and, and that game got away from us and we couldn't get back into it yeah. and ultimately kind of deserved to lose. Whereas this one, I thought we played really well. I, th- I thought this was like, well. I thought this was about the best that we could play, to be honest. Um, against... I actually think it's the best the best we play probably played under Southgate in a tournament, even though we lost. Because as everyone keeps pointing out, and I rightly so, understandably so, that we we are beat. We 
under Southgate, we're beating the teams that we, on paper, should be. Mm. Which he deserves credit for, because we, that's not always been the case. Yeah, we didn't used to do that, did we? We didn't <laughs> used to do that. So I, I don't want to dismiss that by any stretch of the imagination, because I keep seeing that being said, and it's almost like dismissive of where we were before. But again, we, I think when we come up against teams, France, Italy, Croatia in the last three, they just seem to have, and I don't know if it's a mentality thing, I don't know if that's... Just, oh, or it could just be luck. I don't know. Everyone keeps saying fine margins, and it is fine margins. And I, you know, if in Croatia game, Harry Kane has a fantastic chance to put us two and a lot. Long way back for Croatia that if we go two and a lot in the Italy game, Rashford puts that penalty in where it's the post. I think we go two up in the shootout and mm. massive pressure <laughs> on Italy. And in this game, Harry Kane scores a penalty, which he normally does. We're back at two two, and the momentum is in our favour. So it's really difficult to say are we missing out because we're unlucky or are we missing out because we're lacking something yeah I, I, I don't really know what I side on that I just think with France yeah. I, I really do think France are the best team and it would have taken well it would have needed we would have needed to be lucky and good to beat them I think and I thought we were good but we weren't particularly lucky I mean you can't you can't if France are going to score a goal from 25 yards you have a massive task on your hands because, you know, you, I thought we did a great job on Mbappe and obviously you mm. put a lot of resource and planning and uh, on-pitch resource, I mean, into stopping that. And then if they just go and score like a really improbable long-range goal anyway, it's like, yeah. damn, you know, that's that's so hard to turn that It's almost like they, it's like we defended really well, but they just had a goal head start almost, you know, in terms yeah. of the the flow mm. of the game. So, And this is the thing with France. And this, by the way, this was a good time. To, and this is another frustration of mine, is that it were, were a good time to play France because they had Benzema, Kante, Pogba, yeah. and the guy, I can't remember his name, uh, is out. And Hernandez as well, uh, obviously got injured in this tournament. So it were a good time to play him. But they're still fantastic. Griezmann were unbelievable. And, mm. and I still think they're... I think the level of us, I personally think the reason we lose these these games is because we're not the best team in the world. We, you know, I think Croatia in 2018 were a better team than us. I don't think we had anything like Modric and Perisic and Mandzukic, even. You know, and, and I think Italy overall were the best team in Euro 2020. They, they just that that momentum. They were better as 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 a whole in the tournament. And I think I think if there were a league, an international league, England would finish about fifth. Mm. And I think that's where we are. And it's hard to win a World Cup. I mean, I, I put on. I think it was S2. I put it on yesterday that you need. To be good to to win a World Cup, obviously, but you also need a lot of luck. Yeah. yeah. Spain, Spain, 2010, probably the best team I've in my lifetime in terms of they dominated football for about a decade. Mm. And I, they were almost unbeatable. I always felt they were almost unbeatable that Spain team because they just had so much possession. They wore you down. They wore you down. They wore, and they were head and shoulders above everyone else for that period. If you look at the, when they won the World Cup in 2010, they won every single knockout game one nil. Yeah. In the quarterfinals, Paraguay missed a penalty at nil-nil, to, to, which could have sent them through. And then in the final, if you remember, Ian Robin had that fantastic chance, I think we were about 10 minutes to go, against yeah. against Netherlands, where he should have scored, and it was a good save from Casillas, to be fair. So that that unbelievable 2010 Spain team with Iniesta and Xavi and all the greats, they nearly came away empty-handed. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess that's what you know. Brazil probably ask themselves every... Every four years since 2002 was yeah. the last time they won it, I think, in it? Uh, 2002. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. It is It is really hard uh, to win the World Cup. I mean, apart from anything else, 
It's only it's every four years. Like, yeah. You know, you lose this one, you don't get another try for four years. I mean, all right, most of our most of our starting eleven could theoretically still be around for twenty twenty six, and potentially will be even better. I mean, I thought um, I thought Saka was absolutely tremendous in this game. I, I, I love this kid, Saka. Really, really enjoy watching him play. It, like, even since when we played him in the Premier League, mm-hmm. um, and he was fantastic in that match against us, even though that he were a pretty poor Arsenal side, to be honest. I thought he was really good in that. And yeah, I, I, there's two ways looking at this, and I, I think there's there's a glass half full, glass half empty. One is that. You'd expect Foden, Saka, Bellingham to all get better and better. Mm. At the same time, I'm not seeing any centre-halves or a replacement for Harry Kane coming through. But that could happen in the next four years, obviously. Yeah, geez, Who who on earth is going to play striker for England in four years? Harry Kane will be 33. I already think he's lost a bit of pace. He's still the the top. He's played so much football, Kane, hasn't he? I, I, I wonder how how quickly the end will come for him, if you like. You know, yeah, yeah. I could see him potentially retiring from international football, like I don't know, maybe after the next Euros or something like that. Yeah, he could could do, and this is that that is a worry. I mean, Callum Wilson, he's done well at Newcastle. I don't think he's the next. I mean, he's he must be twenty six. Yeah, he's getting on. Yeah, and they don't seem to. Well, you know what I mean. Uh, He's thirty already, actually, Callum Wilson. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Even like uh, you know, it was uh, the next cab on the rank would have been Tony. He must be twenty five, twenty six, in mm. fact. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he's, he's we, we, we he's, as young strikers, Brewster, step forward. This is a, this is another Jemison. thing I really bring up actually. Let's go. And I think this is where it does worry me a little bit with England is because no, that sounds awful. It's like a male player off here, but the fact Ryan Brewster is still leading the line from the England under twenty one suggests that there's quite a you know a lack of options uh, coming <laughs> through as well because. This is a guy who scored, what, four goals in three seasons? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was obviously disappointed, but I thought, you know, I, I just kind of philosophically feel like if, if you play in France and they score from 25 yards and you miss a penalty, it's going to be incredibly hard to win against France. And yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't... I don't know why. I, I feel like Kane's, you know, the master of the pressure penalty kick, but... I don't... Yeah, because people are saying, you know, oh, he shouldn't have took the second one. I disagree. No, he de- definitely I, should have taken it. I just didn't think he was going to score, but he definitely no, should have taken no. it. Now, I, I, imagine if he didn't and someone else missed. You know, I don't know who <laughs> on the time. I don't, I don't know who the second penalty taker, to be honest. I can't think of anyone on top of my head, maybe. Henderson, maybe. Maybe Henderson or forward. I don't know. Whoever to take it. Saka, maybe. He, I think he was still on at the time, weren't he? Um, oh, yeah, of course, Saka. Uh, he may have taken it. And imagine if they'd have missed. And you'd have been, why, why ain't Kane taking it? Kane's a fantastic penalty taker. And it's just one of those good players miss penalties in high-pressured uh, in high pressure situations, and I, I do think England just like that extra that you need to win a World Cup. You could do it by luck in this in the way. I, I'm not saying it's luck what Morocco have done, but I think they've had five shots on target all tournament. Yeah, it, it, sometimes that happens. Sometimes you can get organised and you go on a run and, and all the momentum's with you, and that's one way of winning the World Cup. But another time, you just have to be better than England are. I think at, at this current moment and. I think the the frustrating thing is the last we've had three tournaments where I won't say it's opened up, but you know you get Morocco in a semi final, and I'm not. I think Morocco have been fantastic this tournament. That's defensively they've let one goal in, unbelievable. Mm. But you can't ask for much more than Morocco in a semi, and then obviously in the in the Euros on his own patch at home to Italy, who didn't even qualify this time, mm. and then the semi finals before a Croatia team who were completely unfancied, and you think how many chances are we actually going to get at that? 
Yeah. No, I, I said it before kickoff on Saturday. Um, I think the winner of the World Cup will come out of the quarterfinal that we're about to watch. And yeah, yeah I, I stand by that. I thought if we beat, I thought if we beat in France, we actually could have won the World Cup for that exact reason because I think we could have beaten Morocco without you know with a fair wind. And then mm-hmm. I, um, I, I, Argentina don't worry me, and no. you know Croatia don't particularly worry me. I know we lost to them in 2018, but we also beat them. Pretty easily at the last Euros. You this know, is the thing that you you have to take your hat off to Croatia. Like amazing, the, absolutely amazing. Is, yeah, two tournaments in a row where every game I think in the knockouts gone to extra time. I think that's right. And it, yeah, I think, it, I think the only the only one that hasn't was the final against France in twenty against France in the fight. Yeah, and they've won every one, and that is. And I I, I hate saying this because it sounds almost like talk sport. Like that you you sort of like just picking on something that it. It is you can't really say it's true or not, but they do seem to have something that England don't have in that winning mentality and, and staying in games and being calm under pressure mm. and calm. And I did think England were calm in this game, so maybe maybe it is a step forward. Mm. Uh, but we still, I don't know. We we need to have a World Cup, in my opinion, that shows we're a, we're a winning team rather than heroic losers. In the in the same way, I know Croatia haven't won the World Cup, but to get where they have. They are a team of winners. Yeah, they could be looking at... <laughs> if they make back-to-back World Cup finals... Incredible, yeah. I mean, that's that's almost as... Uh, this sounds really stupid, but like I think that deserves to be like commended almost to the level of a team that wins the World Cup. You know, they're a nation of four million people. To do it, How many nations do back-to-back World Cups? It, yeah. Oh, they ever happen, right? I mean, I mean everyone's raving about France saying, you know, it's so hard to retain the trophy, and it is. And they, mm-hmm. they deserve credit to, to go again, especially with all the injuries and stuff. I think it just shows how deep their pool is uh, oh, yes. in, in France. And, you know, long if anyone wants to bother looking into it, if you look at, I can't remember the guy's name now, but they basically invested a lot into academy stuff and, and it really has worked out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Croatia's a bigger story for me if they get to the final again, even if they lose. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, will you be watching the World Cup final regardless? Yeah, I, it's one of those. I mean, in my in my younger days when England went out, like I'm not watching it. It's rubbish. Uh, I'm not bothered anymore. But I will be watching it because I I never really thought England were going to win it, even though I, in a weird way I think we had a chance. We had a chance. Yeah, as it's we so annoying. Showed. We had to play France in the quarter. That's it. Man. And I think as we showed against France, we did. We were in with a genuine chance. I don't think it's being arrogant or deluded. We were in with a genuine chance. Definitely is an outstanding team in international football at the moment, including France. I think as as I said, that Spain 2010 team. I think they'd destroy France. Yeah. Uh, or not destroy, they'd win 1-0. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think that, I think that Spain team's better. I don't. I think the 2002 Brazil team's better. I don't think it's an outstanding team. But And England are up there. They're in the top four or five nations. Uh, so we did have a chance. But yeah, I will be watching it. And I, obviously the, the, rom- the romantist, uh, romantic in me would like to see Morocco win it. Mm, uh, I was about to ask I, you that. Are we, are we all Morocco now? Yeah, I'm... Look, I like that. I'd like that to, to happen. But at the same time, I think uh, if Argentina win tonight, I almost want France to win to make it a better final. Fair enough. I think I, um, I'm i pretty sure I picked Argentina like when we did our pre-season uh, prediction yeah. game. Um, so that was like three or four I've got better than actually. I've got a £5 bet on Argentina. So. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I kind of want France to win now just so that I feel like... Um, We've gone out to the champs. Yeah, and my, my you know, persistently saying they're the best team is justified. But uh, yeah, M- Morocco would be amazing. Um, uh, to be honest, actually, now that, now that we're talking about it, 
I, th- I think I'd take some enjoyment out of any of the four winning it. Agree. Because yeah, I think, I think... I'm quite happy with the final four. Croatia is a fantastic story. Argentina, the messy factor, whatever you think, I think it probably is the best, best probably the best player in my lifetime. To see him finish his career with, with a World Cup it would be special. France, because they beat England, you're going out to the champions, and Morocco, because it's in, again just unbelievable that they're even in the semis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's England. Still uh, out. Sorry, <laughs> I said at least Brazil are out. <laughs> yeah, I know the quarterfinals took care of some uh, some quite annoying teams, didn't it? And yeah, perhaps if you're yeah. of a certain persuasion, uh, yeah. England happened to be one of those teams. But a <laughs> uh, a very a very um, you know par tournament by England. You know, I, I don't feel. I don't feel the need for any particular sort of hand wringing over it or like, you know, we need drastic root and branch reform, you know, change the manager, now. change everything. It's like, well, we we beat the teams we're supposed to beat and lost to the team we're supposed to lose to, like, mm. and, and played and, and, about and, as well the, as we the, can. The argument against Southgate will always be, and and I think, you, I don't really think you can... I understand there's a lot of people who are, are really sort of, uh, just reading Twitter and stuff, are, are disappointed with the backslapping of Brave old England has done really well, and and, uh, and people are saying we've still not beat anyone out of the blue, and most other nations do that. Croatia's beat Brazil, you mm. just you know an example, and I think there's always going to be those doubts uh, about Southgate until we actually oh, we get a win that you think that's a fifty fifty game and it goes in our favour. Yeah, I don't think we'll win anything under Southgate, but I don't think we'll win anything under anyone else neither. So. No, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, similar mind there, yeah. I'd, so that's what I mean. I don't feel this is a uh, a brave, brave England. You know, you were heroic defeat no. kind of World Cup. I think we just did kind of what we should have done, really. And yeah, yeah. then it's, it's sort of your mileage may vary on whether that's that's something you can live with. You know, as I'm kind of doing in terms of just being like, you know, well, I'm disappointed we're out, but didn't really expect that much more. Or you're going to be a person who's like, that's not good enough. We've yeah. gone from semi-final to final to quarter-final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care. It's France. You've got to win something. Every tournament's a failure unless you win it. Yeah, yeah. If that's I do how think you it's fifty-fifty. Like. I think people are in both camps. I'm not at mm. all. I'm completely in the middle. There's the Southgate in, the Southgate outers who seem really sort of ferociously defending their corner. For me, I think you can look at it both ways. You could say it's basically do you stick with a guy who's going to get who seemingly is going to get you deep into tournaments and mm. have no slip-ups. Or do you twist and say, you know, maybe this other guy here could take us that extra step? And we are in that sort of, you know, we're in the middle of like a, it's a, a scale and it could go one way or the other. We could Southgate get, I don't know, Graham Potter in just as an example, and it could go horribly wrong. You're thinking, why did we do that? On the other hand, it could go the other way. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a situation where we could conceivably win the next Euros or go out in the group stage. Here's what we need to do. I've cracked it. Go we on. need two managers. Lampard, Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, finally. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Get them to work together for once like that. would be a massive it's, turnaround from the playing days. <laughs> They'd both be like arriving into the, you know, the change <laughs> yeah, room at the same time. Or... Subs at the same time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Southgate to manage England 75% of the time. And then as soon as we get to the quarterfinals, he just... He takes his place in the stand, and we just wheel mm. in like I don't know Carlo Ancelotti or oh, Gus, yes. Gus Hiddink or something like that. You know, yeah. FA just just give him a blank check, Ancelotti. Just be like, you're going to manage us yeah. maximum three matches every two years. He'd Here is fifteen billion euros to do it. 
Yeah, that, that's a fantastic idea. He's actually been linked with a Brazil job. Uh, I think Brazil, are, for the first time in their history, are looking at a foreign manager, they're saying. So. Mm. Interesting. Well, yeah, he is uh, certainly a man for knockout football. Anyway, England apparently not a, not a team for knockout football, although <laughs> I, I enjoyed some of it, as I said. I think that's, that's I've enjoyed my... the World Cup. I mean, again, yeah. I'm going to put aside everything else, you know, the, the, the politics of it and stuff, but... As a World Cup, I've really enjoyed it. I disagreed. Um, well, I disagree with Liam because he's right. Uh, opposite to a Mabley podcast with, and he was saying he's disappointed because the, the the top teams haven't been that good. But I quite like that in a more because it means anyone can beat anyone. Mm. So I think you know I think both arguments are right. I don't think there's an outstanding team, and I think that there's not. We're still it's still a World Cup for fading stars for me. You know, Messi is still probably the best player in the world. There's only Mbappe who's really stepped up to. To take that crown, but I've enjoyed it because every game, pretty much, as you thought, there's been a lot of shocks, and there, I think the reason for that is because international teams are all really similar. And I, I love World Cup football because anything can happen in a knockout competition. Yeah, I uh, yeah, and I, I think just with this final four, um, you know, what, what you don't want, I think, you know, there's still there's the defending champions is one of them, uh, mm. possibly the best team, the best player in the world is still mm. in there. Uh, last last. The last edition's finalists, and then uh, and then the surprise package. I mean, what you don't so that's to me is like almost the perfect blend. What what I don't want is all the big teams underperforming and getting knocked out, and then you end up with like um, uh, you know the World Cup equivalent of the Portsmouth Cardiff FA Cup final from (laughs) two thousand and eight or whenever it was. It's like a real low point for that. It's it's a proper tightrope. You want a couple of big teams to go out, but you want a decent final as well. I remember. Uh, Brazil 2002, sorry, uh, not Brazil, South Korea 2002 and Japan 2007. Uh, that, they had a good final to Brazil-Germany, but I don't know if you remember Germany's run in that, uh, in that because that many teams went out, big teams went out. I think Portugal went out in the group stages, England went out in the quarters, I think Spain went out in the quarters to South Korea. I think Germany got to the final by beating, just looking here, Paraguay, Turkey. USA and South Korea, 1-0 everyone. <laughs> Oh, so Brazil beat Turkey, did they, in the semi-final? Flipping yeah, Brazil, that's it. Turkey got to the semis. So, but like I say, Germany got there. Three 1-0 wins against Paraguay, USA, and South Korea. And you think it... And the true island in the group stage, you know. it's And you don't want that because, yeah. <laughs> that's what we need from England. Just, just like, be rubbish and get to the final. We, we tried that in 2018 with the midfielder Deli Alley and Jesse Lingard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weirdly worked. So it's like it did. It one did. of the... the, the better sort of England tactics I've seen in my lifetime yeah. anyway that, that's enough wittering about England I think um, yeah they, they they go to sleep for another two and a half years it is the Women's World Cup next summer 18 months England men's by the way sorry because it's obviously because uh, it yeah. we had a late Euros didn't we so yeah well, just uh, help me out Women's World Cup is that going to be in the winter I don't know actually that's great it's in though. Australia and New Zealand yeah right? Yeah, I'm not sure actually. No, it's in July actually. That's that's weird. Oh wait, no, no, that makes total sense. Sorry. No, no, that, yeah, because the the Euros are the year after the the, the men's Euros are the year after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So oh, uh, no, at least we can. Uh, yeah, at least they've won something anyway. Exactly, they've done us proud. And oh, I imagine yeah. if they can double up. I mean, winning the World Cup would be absolutely amazing. Because obviously, you, you, USA and Canada. USA, yeah, Australia, a really good team as well. Um, but yeah, that would. Uh, and, but they got to the semis, didn't they last last time? I think. I think that's right in the last World Cup. Yes, and uh, yeah, lost to USA, uh, which they uh, they're, they're kind of unlucky. They missed a penalty late on. And we've we've improved since then. Uh, Heck so, yeah, yeah. 
And uh, Serena Wiegmann, maybe she's the person that. No, actually, leave, leave her with the lionesses. I don't want to. I don't want to sully her with the England no, job. No, no. Can you imagine that as well? Can you imagine how outraged <laughs> certain demographics would be? <laughs> 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 they don't like woman pundits. So. <laughs> oh dear. Well, let's <laughs> let's finish there. There's, there's no need to talk about that anymore. Uh, what do you want to plug, mate, before we finish? Uh, got a view from Huddersfield. Um, quite quite spicy actually. Um, having a go our bad atmosphere, which is oh I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, just saying. But I like the, one of one of the comments is like we've had to try and manufacture our own chant in Greece, Chip Butler. Like we've been singing it since like what before I was born, I think the nineteen eighties. I think yeah, it's not like uh, we've just brought it in the last couple of years. So that were a bizarre one. So it's worth a read that. And then living we made one. We just yesterday we released our t- favorite TV detectives uh, episode. Fantastic! Is uh, can you can you spoil who who is who is brought up in it or, or hints? I I don't watch TV detective shows, which comes quite obvious by my final pick, which I'll not give away. But yeah, <laughs> did you ever watch The Detectives with Jasper Carrot and someone else? I think I did job. as a kid, but I can't really remember it. So okay. that I, that's not one of my choices. I think I did used to watch that when I was very young. But I yeah, finding it absolutely hilarious, but. I, <laughs> Apparently, I was about ten years old when it was on TV, so yeah. I'm not sure how well. well one, <laughs> would of the, have one of them I've had, to be fair, I'll give one away is uh, Frank Drebin, Police Squad. So, which <laughs> is absolutely phenomenal, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I look forward to listening to that. I'm a bit behind on Living Made List. I need to listen to your uh, your performance art one from the. Oh yeah, um, oh, sure. Smash the, the Hits Award, yeah, Smash Hits Jamaican version. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Go away. Well, that is Living with Maidley. Go check that out. And uh, roysviewfrom.com for that spicy Huddersfield view. Uh, and you can obviously follow yourself at Panchero on Twitter. You can follow me at BladesPod. Uh, shout out to my postman, by the way, who informed me that he listens to this podcast yesterday. So, top yeah. man. Thank you. Thank you for delivering my mail. And uh, <laughs> I, I support your strike action as well. I hope you get yeah. it. Very um, sorry, randomly turned political here at the end of this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it, mate. Well, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll sync up with you later, mate. Maybe we can uh, watch the the Wigan game together if you're uh, yeah. if you're a boot. But yeah, thanks very much. I'll speak to you in a bit. Yeah, see you later, mate. Cheers. <laughs>